mi gente, welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. This is your host, Natalie Sofia, and this community was born from the need to create a space for Peruvian immigrants to come together, to support each other, to learn from each other, and to document our stories. The stories our guests share with us are deeply personal and paint a new portrait of what it means to be a Peruvian immigrant. I hope you receive these stories with an open heart and an open mind. So let's get started. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please be sure to share with us in social media using the hashtag Peruvians of USA. All right, here's our conversation. I welcome you again, Nayeli. Thank you for applying to the scholarship for having such a great application. We were very impressed with your application and for scheduling your, your interview. I'll introduce myself first. So, Natalie Sofia, I am the founder and host of Peruvians of USA in, in partnership with Fundación Puerto Peru launched a scholarship, which could possibly be the first scholarship for Peruvians in the U.S. So we're both very excited about that. From a professional standpoint, I work in the financial services industry as a product owner. But the scholarship, as you're aware, it's uh, in honor of my grandfather and what he meant to my mother, really, because I never met him. But I always heard stories about what it, what he meant to her and how much he wanted her to pursue her and her career. Unfortunately, she actually couldn't because Peru in the 80s was not a, not a great place to be at that time. So I'll pause there and I'll um, hand it off to Sylvia, who will continue with that. Dana Yeni, nice to meet you. Um, super excited to get to know you a little better. Uh, we, you know, we read about your story through your essays. So that's what really got us our attention. Um, my name is Silvia Arellana. I am the president of Fundación Puro Peru. We're a nonprofit. Uh, we've been around for about five years now. We're basically of the D.C. metro area. So I'm in Virginia, but we also serve D.C. and Maryland. And really our, our mission is to educate other communities, not just Peruvians, but any other, you know, ethnic communities that are wondering about what Peru is, you know, teach them about our food, our culture, our dances. Our biggest driver is that I'm a mom of four boys. So, they, and they are actually Peruvian, American, Bolivian, right? So they are a mix, a mix there. And um, so I took it about myself to, to teach them about Peru. And I'm pretty sure there are other parents like me who have that, you know, they are probably in a marriage with a different, from a different country that they take that too. So I got super excited when Natalie came and, and talked to me about this scholarship, because one of the things that we also strive for is to create leaders, right? And the, and what all we start with educating these leaders and give them that support that they need, because we know that college is super expensive. You know, we, as Natalie probably mentioned many times, you know, we had to go through that scholarship journey um, and we didn't have this opportunity. I don't think there was ever a Peruvian specific scholarship um, to talk about it, right? And even just, you may talk about your experience as a Peruvian, but the person reading it may not really understand it, but we went through it. Like we understood what you were coming from. So with that being said, um, just give us a little bit Oh, about yourself, a little intro. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Nayeli Gutierrez. I am a junior here at the University of Connecticut Stores. I am double majoring in human rights and psychology with a Latino studies minor. And I am hoping to continue my education into law school. 
and later further that into immigration and child protection law. Um, I'm very involved in the Puerto Rican Latin American Cultural Center as I am the vice president for the Peruvian Student Association. And I'm also the vice president for the Dist Distinguished and Motivated Academic Scholars, which is also named DAMAS, which empowers women, Latinas and especially and I am also very involved in the community outreach branch because I am program director to two programs that works with um, tutoring Latinx students, younger students. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you juggle it all? Like there's a lot going on there, plus your, you know, your transcripts. So I read transcripts, so a lot of classes going on there. So how do you do it? Um, I guess most of it would be thanks to the community support that I have here. Um, I would say mostly through not the wise, but I think the community support that I've built through PERSA, which is the Peruvian Student Association and all those other clubs that I've been involved. Um, the leadership behind it is very strong. So the people that supervise me are very good with making sure that I'm on track, making sure that mentally, physically, everything is good. So I really do appreciate that community support that I have out here and along with my roommate and other friends that I am surrounded by. Yeah, I think you're one of the few Peruvians, lucky ones to have, you know, is it PASA for you guys? No, it's PERSA, P-E-R-S-A. Oh, okay. We have Wilder on the waiting room, so I just wanted to uh, allow him in. Introduce yourself to Nayeli. Uh, my name is Walter Suarez. Uh, I just got back from Peru, well, like a week and a half ago. I was there for two months, and I don't know why I'm back here, but here I am. Um... I'm a business analyst for Geico, the insurance corporation. I graduated the University of Maryland 2015 and Boston University in 2019. Um, I'm a musician. I guess that's how I met Natalie. I'm a musician. I played uh, Peruvian instruments, Kena, Samboyne, Charango, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's good enough for an introduction. Great. Thank you, Walter. Sylvia was asking Nayeli about her, how does she juggle all the activities that she does? So. Nayeli, not to ask you to repeat it again, but can you just briefly share again the activities that you do? Yeah, of course. So, hi, it's nice to meet you. Um, I also just got back from Peru a little bit before the semester started. Um, so I had great inspiration while writing this application over there. So I think that's where it all came from. But um, I am a junior here at the University of Connecticut. Um, I basically am heavily involved in the Latinx community here through DAMAS, which is Empowering Latina Women, and PERSA um, as their vice president, so the Peruvian Student Association Club, along with the community outreach branch, um, as I am the program director for two programs that directly works with um, helping and tutoring La uh, Latinx elementary school students. So um, that's what I'm mostly involved here um, on campus with. So I want to like really highlight, I was saying earlier that, you know, you're one of the few Peruvians in college with that community of the Peruvian Student Union, right? Um, I, when I went to college, I didn't have that. We had the Latino Student Union, I think LSU, I think they would call it. Um, even though there were some Peruvians in college, right? So how did you get involved? What attracted you to just find that community in there? Um, so basically, I think this goes a little bit back to um, my hometown, I'm from Ledger, Connecticut. Um, not many people know that, but I live by the casinos, basically. A little bit more about it. It is a white, heavily white-dominated town. 
So I didn't have like a Peruvian support system besides my family around me. Um, if I wanted to go, for example, to a Señor de no Milagros type of thing or, or a Spanish-speaking church where I could find a Peruvian like support um, community, it'd be like 30 minutes to 40 minutes. So it was a very long ride for us and sometimes out of the way and a little bit too much for my parents to get there. So as soon as I got here, I had heard about the Peruvian Student Association Club and I immediately went to the first meeting, fell in love with it. Um, I was like, I finally found a community with younger students who actually see what I'm seeing, the food that, that I eat, the dances that I dance and all that. So I suddenly became very intrigued in it. And I had asked if I could become more part of it, um, becoming on the e-board position. And so step by step, I slowly became the social media chair in which I actually became that just when um, a lot of the, politic the political um, demonstrations came out in Peru. So my job was basically to um, make aware of our audience, the Yukon audience, about what was going on, about the corruption, about all the protests and why we were doing this. So I happily wanted to continue to show that. And then that's when my e-board had asked me to become vice president. And so I had applied for it. And now I'm the vice president helping um, just try to coordinate everything, um, especially now because of COVID, it's half virtual, half in person. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy that I have this community and we actually are trying to create like a bigger foundation um, because a lot of other, um, like the Colombians, the Colombian club, they have a bigger foundation. So the Peruvian Student Association with a lot of other um, Peruvian clubs from different colleges, are trying to get together to try to create a bigger foundation so that we can all create that national Peruvian student association type. Wow. Walter, did you have anything like that and when you were uh, at Maryland? Uh, no, because actually Yukonpersa is the first Peruvian association, which was created in like 2015, 16, give or take. Uh, there's a bunch now, but they literally started in the last like three, four years, all of them, right? I tried to start one, but people were not about it. Um, so yeah, so good for you. I was, I've seen, um, in the November protests of 2020, I did see that, um, there was this virtual event between all these like Peruvian associations. I'm sure you were involved. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, just good job regarding that. That's great. I know that, uh, for UConn, you have a lovely campus. I know that UConn, the, uh, you guys have the Puerto Rican, um, um, like center or whatever, right? So that's the whole thing. So I'm sure that um, it's interesting being a Peruvian association, considering that uh, at least historically in that campus, the Puerto Rican is have a stronger presence. But uh, but no, no, no real questions as a follow-up. Just yes, good stuff. Good. So the one thing I was really intrigued with you and I and Jelly is you know because I like to look at your transcripts. And I saw that one of the, your classes was at the Nelovena South Opera as well. Tell me more about that. Why did you make to choose that one? Um, so a little bit about why. Um, so I'm a, a Latin studies um, minor. So the reason that I actually came into being a Latino studies minor was because I felt that my high school didn't provide any historical backgrounds on my roots. Um, so I had learned nothing about being Peruvian, which I felt was a big absence um, in my personal identity. So when I came here, I made it possible in trying to learn, take as many classes as possible that I could learn about Peru. Um, and so this is one of them. Um, this is actually the semester that I'm currently taking it. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting 
and intriguing to know that there was a telenovelas class because um, it's kind of out there, but it's very important because it does talk about the intersectionality between how women are portrayed and the stereotypes and how um, the Mexican, like, for example, the Mexican community is viewed either very white, but not seen as the other side as well. So how telenovelas portray one side, but don't portray the background as well. So I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, Although we are watching any telenovelas, I guess it's a lot more reading than I had imagined. But yeah, I guess that's that's the reason why I took it. I guess I wanted to learn a little bit more about it, especially being a human rights major. Um, I just wanted to see what more I could bring out from that. We go to college, you know, we're focused on that degree, right? We go through all this curriculum that it's already preset for us, right? You follow this major and you got to follow this path. Um, I also will want, you know, students to take the opportunity to branch out. Sometimes taking that one class veers off to a different path that you never know you could have done it, right? So that's the whole point of going to college to experience all those different things that they could offer for you. So I'm glad that you took that. Um, I'm very intrigued by your human rights uh, major as far. How would you, how would you um, do any short-term goals? and help out the Peruvian community in your area? Um, so basically my community um, as a whole, I think that through my human rights major, I have been learning a lot about what, for example, Peruvians have been denied as their human rights. Basically, I've done a research project during the Fujimori era and how many human rights were not, of course, they were completely ignored. Um, but for my community in itself, I feel like I have been, my community back home, not here at UConn, I feel like I've been helping spread the word more about human rights. I feel like it's been a little bit overseen. Um, and I have been trying to help other college or now college students try to learn about the process of applying and trying to keep them like wide open about what that has to offer. Along with being here, my community at UConn, um, I tried to incorporate um, as much human rights as possible at the meetings for PERSA. Um, so for example, we tried to involve this in one that we did with MedLife. Um, so we did a collaboration with MedLife and we, we talked about the human rights that are basically being denied um, compared to like places in Peru, Miraflores. Obviously they are having the time of their life when there's other parts in Peru where they barely have access to water, they barely have access to light, they barely have access to an education. So this is something that I try to bring light to the community as itself um, through those human rights that are being denied. Well, to have follow-ups on that, I know you're very into the Fukimori uh, take on it. Uh, I was, what well, the right. thought about that? What do you mean? Nayeli, don't get nervous. I'm not about a grill. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Um, my whole episode wasn't about that. I just like history. Um, but um, I guess I'm curious, within the Peruvian community outside of Yukon, have you spoken about these type of things? Because, and the reason why I ask is because you, you may say it as if it was, everybody would agree on that. But from the last election, roughly 50% of Peruvians do not agree with those statements. So have you like spoken with, the, again, outside of Yukon, outside of Peruvian Americans? Have you spoken with people about this? I would agree. Um, based off of the previous election, obviously it was a 50-50 population. Um, like we were all dispersed. 
I actually have. So with um, back at my home, like I said, there, 30 minutes away, there's a bigger um, community there in which we actually had a panelist or a panel of people, Peruvians for sure. Um, and we actually talked about this, the upcoming election, what we thought about it. And I actually was one of the panelists as um, representing UConn. And we did talk about that. We talked about one, the Fukimori era, uh, how this kind of relates back to what the political um, election kind of brought because there were a lot of rumors that Fukimori era was kind of like correlated with it, you know, uh, Fukimori being back in election time again. Um, so we did have a lot of that talk. Obviously, I feel like as a panelist, I was there to give my opinion um, from what I've learned from scholars here and um, just try to give the best of my opinion as possible. But obviously, I can't sway as much as as much as I can. I mean, you know, everybody is that terco, terco mindset, you know, I don't I don't remember the word trick terco, but <laughs> no, good. That's good. <laughs> It's better that your mind freezes in English and you remember the Spanish than the other way around, to be honest. It's always that way. <laughs> so you can All go right. ahead, Sylvia. Let's see. So thinking that, you know, there's a possibility that you probably may be the first recipient of this one-of-a-kind Peruvian beca, right? Um, what would you do to encourage other Peruvians to continue their education or begin this college journey? Um. So... I want to say that first, I'm very grateful to be here, um, also being part of this first uh, scholarship, and uh, I'm very happy to be here as well. But I would say that in helping other Peruvians, um, I actually tried to make this Peruvian, when it all came out on Instagram, I tried to make it as public as possible. I told everybody in our club about it. I told um, all the people back at home that were just becoming new college students because yeah. I know that they are going through what I have been going through. So um, I would say giving back to my community back at home, I am one of the older ones and the first ones to go to college um, in my Peruvian community, as that may sound, because it's either a very much adults or very young kids. So I found myself struggling a little bit on my own here. Um, so I kind of hope to give back to other students that are now seeing me in college and trying to help them, inspire them, and see how they can grow. Also showing them the path through, uh, like, trying to fill out other documents like FASPA and stuff like that. So I think that with this scholarship, it is a very good way to show my community that if I could, obviously anybody else could, in that they could do whatever they want. And how did you find out about the scholarship? Um, I actually followed Peruvians of USA already. Um, and then <laughs> and um, a lot of people actually, uh, since I had mentioned, we actually have a group chat with FASA, with all these other um, organizations, the college community. Uh, it actually was put in the group chat as well. So a lot of other students there um, had been spreading the word and we decided to spread the word to our community as well. Oh, man, that's awesome. I like how you guys started to, you know, integrate between the groups and different colleges. That's, that's, a, that's a missing link, and I'm glad you guys are starting to do that. Nayeli, tell us about your recent trip to Peru. My recent trip to Peru was to visit my family. 
um, just because obviously COVID had hit and it had been two years since I hadn't seen my family. Um, so it was actually a pretty great trip after not seeing them two years. Obviously, COVID is still one of the biggest problems. And uh, it was a great way to reconnect with uh, my family mostly because obviously in Peru, we can't do much right now just because of the COVID situation. And the recent Omicron um, outbreak there was a little bit hard um, I would say that my inspiration really did come from my grandma. Um, I was actually like typing away while she was like sitting there and she actually was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm doing this Peruvian like um, scholarship and all this. And then actually to tie it back to Walter, my grandpa was actually listening to Los Jarcas. Um, He is like a big fanatic of that. So mm-hmm. when you said that you like know all of these musicals and like you uh you're part of all these like industry like use all these instruments and stuff like that kind of brought me back to that as well but um basically they were like one of my biggest inspirations in being part of this especially um listening to your grandpa's or like reading through your grandpa's story I thought that was like something very touching so I kind of tried to relate it back to my family as my mom is a sibling of seven others so um obviously there was a struggle in trying to get them all into college as well and due to the Fukimori era, my mom actually came here. So she wasn't able to finish her studies either. Um, so something similar that my mom really did try. And now she's pushing me through college as well. Do you have any particular questions? Um, actually, I do. So I was looking through your Instagram, Sylvia, for the Fundacion. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay, Fundacion, that's why. She's like, oh, the You really said, I thought that was private. Yeah, no, not only did you be spreading out my handle No, the Fundacion one, and I just wanted to learn a little bit more about what Fundacion Puro Peru does, as I thought it was very interesting to actually read about it in your bio. Yeah, so we're we're pretty, I guess, a new nonprofit five years ago when we started here in the D.C. area. Um, our main mission is really to educate others about the Peruvian culture, right? Peru, many of us think of it, at least in this area, as Peruvian chicken, right? We're more than the Peruvian chicken, right? We're music, we're, we're culture, we're traditions, we're history. Um, and then one of our biggest drivers is because the founders of Fundacion are moms. And our husbands are not Peruvian. So we take it upon ourselves to teach our kids about Peru. Right? Any way that we can think of, right? I, I've learned more about Peru when I came to the United States when I was dancing in this dance group called Puro Peru. So this is where the name came from, originated. Um, so I, I think I spent about 10 years of my life just dancing anything that I can think of about Peru. And Natalie was there too. That's how we met a little bit too. Walter knows about it, but I don't think you were here in the 90s to enjoy the yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I was I was busy being an infant. And now I was like, was he even born? Was Walter even born? I don't know. But I mean, I was, you know, I was, all yeah. this stuff. But no, so we from there, you know, I like the community. There was something that, you know, as a parent, I was missing. You know, they usually say, if there's something missing, how about you create it? So that's what we did. From there, it turns out to we did a lot of different events. 
And then one of our last events in, in September is uh, Festival Latino. So in D.C., we have a big Latino festival where all the countries, you know, parade down one of our streets next to White House and the Capitol. And Natalie and Walter also were part of it. So it's, we're, we're starting this great high community that with the same mission, right, to showcase the greatness that is Peru. Yeah, I actually, when I was reading about Fundación Puro Peru, it reminded me a lot about the Peruvian Student Association that we have here. Um, I think that because we um, are in a predominantly white institute, um, it's very difficult for us, um, especially since we're only in a small cultural center, Puerto Rican Latin American Cultural Center. Um, obviously, we're still a very small population here compared to our other classmates. So it's interesting because we also do try to showcase our um, traditions through food, through like dance cases and stuff like that. So I, I was very intrigued to listen about that. And I was hoping that potentially a collaboration with Fundación Pura and Persa could come out, but maybe in the future. Yeah, we actually did, um, was it one of our virtual events, we did a, a talk with Pasa, the uh, Ruggers. So we, we talked about how we pivot from, you know, because many of our events are in person. So COVID really hit us. How do we pivot into virtual, right? Virtual learning, virtual teaching is super hard um, just to be engaged. So we were talking about that with them. So yeah, you never know. <laughs> and we'll be happy to do any type of anything that you can think of. Even you guys can come down to uh, D.C., is it down? I don't even know where you guys are. Yeah, you guys up north, right? Wow, <laughs> she really fit up north. <laughs> so you gone is roughly like six hours from DC, roughly. Okay, north. that's not too bad. I've gone I've I've gone past that like it? the Hartford area. You can area way too many times. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Walter can go and pick you up. Yeah, I got <laughs> you. He's, he's my way to, to Boston and then I'll well, yeah, I'll stop by play, you know, play the flute real quick and then keep going now. <laughs> yeah. yeah you guys can even participate here with us in the peruvian delegation that we do because it's all about you know showcasing and creating that community but you know what you guys should really do is get together with all the peruvian associations and go to i don't she just all come down go yeah. well i mean i'm just saying the patterson parade is way more lit than anything dc i'm sorry I just, it just you know why? Fine. Patterson has their representation already. No, Patterson has like a zillion more. I'm just saying. No, I know, know, but do we? They, we need to hear more. Okay. We can discuss right. this after. Yeah, so, in any case, we're out here like planning their events for them or just not just exactly. It's collaboration, right? Now. It's loud collaboration. Unless there are other questions from either Sylvia or Walter, Sylvia has like rapid fire questions that she likes to do at the end of the interview. Okay, just just one real quick. So you mentioned you want to be a lawyer. Where or do you have any idea where you want to go? Um, I am currently looking into staying in the Connecticut area. Just my family is mostly located here. Um, I am looking into going into Yukon Law School. Um, as my safety net. However, I did have an internship over the summer, which gave me access to talk to the Yale admission. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually was very intrigued through their program and uh, them about the possibilities. And it sounds like it's an option as well, since it's here in Connecticut and um, a very top school. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I will be um, applying next 
there is awesome. Yale was the reason why I was asking the whole question. <laughs> is, um, I'm hoping that you're at least striving towards that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking yeah. This, this summer put it together for me. Um, definitely trying to reach for goals. Even sometimes it's not possible, but make it. Sylvia, go ahead. Sylvia, so just my one rapid fire question. So if you could describe Peru in, with three words, or in three words, I guess, but you cannot use food, music, Machu Picchu, colorful, or family. What would those three words be? You said colorful or family? Yeah, you can't use any of those words. Um, it would have the tone, tranquility, and... The one that, so I'm trying to think of things that are that, and I would say probably um took away my food. I was going to say nature, like that. <laughs> um, I would say, I guess after saying home tranquility, I would say. fresh or like refreshing like refreshing airs i feel like there's a different lifestyle over there um i feel like here we're taught that our job is everything and that we are stressed like we're here we're a career once we're in a career we're always doing our job even if it's a nine to five job you're still doing extra hours then you have to do this and that however in peru i feel like the life is a little bit more like it's not based on just your job. It's about living a little bit more about that life. And that's through, you know, all the traditions that we have. And I feel that's how my mom was um, like taught to throughout. And I think that she put that on me as well, that it's not all about all these struggles, all about jobs. It's a little bit more about everything else. I feel like it's a little bit more close-knit over there as well. So I think being close-knit brings tranquility at least for me it does um especially being able to like like feel that refreshing air of like well i'm i mean i have that refreshing air when i get down for uh, from the airport i'm always like oh i'm here in peru i'm like this is a different air right now that i am enjoying yeah that that's many of our our experiences too right when the lario mosa says bienvenidos a jorge chavez and like everybody claps so yeah, I I can completely relate to that. Um, thank you, Nayeli. It was great talking to you. Great getting to know you through through your essays. Um, definitely wishing you the best luck with everything that you do. I'm looking forward to seeing you as a lawyer, and definitely be seeking out to to see what you do going forward. If there's anything, any questions about education professional you know you're going to be a first professional you know immigrant I guess you can say going through that corporate world you know always reach out to us we're here to help you in any way we can um reach out to Natalie she probably she has all your information but I truly wish you the best um and thank you again for taking the opportunity to to take that time to write for us really and getting to know you um, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be a part of this um, and getting to know all of you. This is definitely another connection for me to have. Um, and just knowing that there is a Peruvian community out there, um, not just here at UConn or just here in Connecticut, but also in the United States, you know, where we all live and where we all 
all Mark currently at. So thank you very much for providing this community-based scholarship. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Nayeli. And keep us a part of your network. Now you have a way to reach out to us through email or through Instagram. Keep us as part of your network. LinkedIn is powerful. I think Walter has connections at Yale. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I know a gazillion lawyers. So <laughs> if, if, if not because I get in trouble, but because <laughs> not that way. Because, yeah, not, not, not that way. I'm, I'm just saying, I do know quite a few people at Yale. Um, and uh, and just I have I'm thankful to have a lot of networks of of Latino lawyers, Latina lawyers. So I mean, you never know. Even if it's just like to to look at an application type of thing, you never know. So I'm here. I mean, you know, I mean, Natalie can give you my contact of anything. So yeah, yep. first, thank you so much. I will definitely be using all these connections and um, hopefully reaching out to both of you, um, Sylvia, to hopefully connect. I do have an idea already. Um, for Persa, so, <laughs> um, but also thank you, Walter. I will be reaching out as well for those connections and thank you, um, Natalie, for providing this as well. All right, Nayeli, thank you so much. And next steps are we will reach out early first week of March with decisions of who the scholarship winner is. We will also have an IG live, which will will invite the winner. So just look Great. out for an email from us. All right, thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Just wanted to take a break here to share that Peruvians of USA now has an online store. Help us spread the message that El Mejor Amigo de un Peruano es Otro Peruano by visiting our online store. We also have feminine versions that said La Mejor Amiga de una Peruana es Otra Peruana or gender neutral versions. This could be the perfect gift for a Peruvian in your life. Visit the link on the episode notes or link in bio. All right, back to the episode. Are you a small business looking to expand your digital footprint? Are you a small business looking to reach more of the Peruvian diaspora in the United States? Consider sponsoring an episode of Peruvians of USA. Peruvians of USA has launched its first sponsorship program. If you're interested, please visit peruviansofusa.com slash sponsors or send us a message on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.